This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The comedy sketch filmed on Capitol Hill with Triumph, the insult comic dog. How it ended in arrests. A very unpleasant experience for my staff. What Stephen Colbert says happened. Triumph and my folks were approached and detained by the Capitol Police. And exclusive, Yacht in Flames. Boats burning up. How the owners were rescued. Did you guys think in those moments you could lose your lives? Plus, heat wave danger alert. Can your dog die from water intoxication? It happened to this border collie playing in a kiddie pool. You can have seizures, you can have um, coma, death. And the socialite accused of killing a top cop in paradise. I don't ever remember touching the trigger of the weapon. The new interview and what she's saying about her reputation as a party girl. Plus, the most notorious prison escape in history. Three bank robbers disappeared from Alcatraz prison. 60 years after they escaped from Alcatraz, is this what they look like today? <laughs> Kim Kardashian breaks her silence about that Marilyn Monroe dress. I put the dress on, on the bottom of the carpet. I probably had it on for three minutes, four minutes. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The January 6th committee resumed its public hearings today with the focus on the lengths then-President Trump went to to try to change the results of the 2020 election. And last night, January 6th came up on Stephen Colbert's show. He began his program by talking about members of his crew being arrested in Washington. They were shooting a sketch with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Les Trent has details. Stephen Colbert is speaking out about the arrest of seven late show staffers on Capitol Hill. How was your weekend? Some of my staff had a memorable one. The production team was filming a segment with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. We are situated by the Senate offices. This video is from a similar shoot in 2020. Let's see what we can find. Colbert says his team filmed for two days last Wednesday and Thursday on Capitol Hill with permission. They interviewed members of Congress for a comedy segment on the January 6th committee hearings. Robert Smigel, the comedian behind the Triumph puppet, posted photos from the shoot on social media. Thursday evening, after they'd finished their interviews, they were doing some last-minute puppetry and uh, jokey make-em-ups in a hallway when Triumph and my folks were approached and detained by the Capitol Police. According to reports, the crew was filming outside the offices of firebrand Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert at 8.30 p.m. when the Capitol Police say they got a call for a disturbance. The building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be a part of a group that had been directed by the Capitol Police to leave the building earlier in the day. They were charged with unlawful entry. The Capitol Police were just doing their job. 
My staff was just doing their job. Everyone was very professional. Everyone was very calm. My staffers were detained, processed, and released. Conservative hosts on Fox News are sarcastically drawing parallels between the Triumph the Dog arrests and the January 6th insurrection. A team of seven saboteurs had entered the Capitol grounds and then proceeded, as saboteurs do, to breach the Capitol itself. Seven people and a menacing dog were caught stalking the halls of the Capitol. I am shocked I have to explain the difference, but an insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This was first-degree puppetry. <laughs> this was hijinks with intent to goof. <laughs> the January 6th committee hearings continued today with testimony from state officials from Georgia and Arizona who say they were pressured by former President Trump to alter the results of the election. I said, look, you're asking me to do something against my oath and I will not break my oath. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger testified about that notorious call from the former president urging him to find more Trump votes. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes. We didn't have any votes to find. We had continued to look. Uh, we investigated, like I just shared the numbers with you. There were no votes to find. That was an accurate count that had been certified. And Britain's Prince William has become part of the January 6th story, all because of a condolence letter he wrote the girlfriend of a fallen Capitol Hill police officer. Prince William celebrates his 40th birthday today, and he's putting himself in the political firestorm over the January 6th insurrection investigation. The future King of England wrote a poignant letter to the girlfriend of Capitol Police officer Brian Sicknick, who suffered a fatal stroke the day after being injured in the assault on the Capitol. Dear Sandra, please forgive me if I'm intruding, but I wanted to write and let you know how sorry I am about the death of your partner Brian, writes Prince William. Brian performed valiantly and democracy was upheld. He signed the letter by hand with my thoughts and prayers. Sicknick's girlfriend, Sandra Garza, attended the first public hearing of the January 6th committee, weeping as she watched never-before-seen video of the insurrection. She tells CNN she was blown away by the prince's compassionate gesture. I was very honored and humbled and in awe that uh, Prince William from England decided to take time out of his day, his busy schedule, to write me a letter to honor Brian's memory and to acknowledge my pain. Uh, I couldn't get a letter from President Trump, and I just think he is just a beautiful, wonderful person. Charlie Langston is female editor at DailyMail.com. He knew very much just what a hot-button topic this was as far as politics in the U.S. was concerned, and he still chose to wade into this enormous debate, despite the royal family traditionally being barred from getting involved in politics of any kind. Prince William spent his birthday quietly at home with his wife Kate and three kids, seen in this just-released photo. Other news today, we're seeing images from inside the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, during last month's mass shooting. These pictures show that officers were armed, more heavily armed than previously thought. And there's more disturbing information. The door to the classroom where those 19 students and two teachers were killed was unlocked. So law enforcement didn't need to wait for someone to find the key. 
They're the first images from inside the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, during last month's mass shooting that left 21 dead. They show officers in the hallway just 19 minutes into the massacre, armed with even more firepower than previously thought. Several cops even have ballistic shields. Previously, authorities said the door was locked and they were waiting for a key from the janitor. A decision was made that this was a barricaded subject situation. There was time to retrieve the keys and wait for a tactical team with the equipment to, to go ahead and breach the door and take on the subject at that point. But today, the head of the Texas Department of Public Safety, Steve McCraw, told a public hearing that wasn't true. The classroom door was unlocked the entire time. How about trying the door and see if it's unlocked? Okay, That's, you know, what we used to call a clue at that point. Why not? And, and of course, no one had. At today's public hearing, that official called the police response, quote, an abject failure. You may have seen that heart-stopping video of a 70-foot yacht on fire as it headed to dock. Now the couple who owned the ship are speaking with Inside Edition, saying that blaze was so intense, it felt like a fire-breathing dragon. The boat owners who escaped a terrifying yacht fire are speaking out today. You know, everything was just burning so fast, so fast, you had to jump. Diane and Kit Watson and the first mate, Jared Tubbs, live on the beautiful 70-foot yacht named Too Elusive, or at least they did before it was consumed in an inferno. They were heading to port in New Hampshire when the blaze broke out. And the fire just ignited and engulfed the whole boat in flames. I mean, your first thought is life, Jack, because you can't, they're on fire. Second thought was the raft, you can't, it's on fire. They knew they had to save themselves and their dogs, Pama and Nancy. We grabbed the dogs, jumped off and swam away. That's it. The best we could. Did you guys think in those moments you could lose your lives? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. They were rescued by a local lobster fisherman. We got people on board, they're safe. And they could only watch from a distance as their cherished yacht went up in smoke. You lost everything. Everything. The Watsons are staying with family until they can figure out what to do for a home. I was just so grateful we got out alive. Yeah, we're, that we're, was we're, it. We're, and that's we're, it. We're still in shock. Yeah. yeah. Couples say they will replace the yacht because they say they're boat people, and that's how they live their lives. Today is the first day of summer, and not only is it the longest day of the year, given the heat wave in a lot of the country, it may also be the hottest. And while taking a dip in a pool is a great way to cool off, when it comes to your pets splashing around, there's a serious warning. This border collie named Winter is having a great time splashing around in a kiddie pool. It looks like the perfect way to beat the heat on a scorching day. The 18-month-old puppy loved the water. But the day this video was taken, Winter died, not of heat stroke, but water intoxication. Yep, he gulped down too much water right out of the kiddie pool. Suddenly, Winter's owner notices something strange. And then he started getting a bit tired. Then he was kind of wanting to go back inside. And so I opened the door and he took a few steps and he threw up about the size of a dinner table, like that much water just in one go. Jessie Winnegar says her dog very rapidly went downhill at the vet and died. Veterinarian Dr. Tim Lee emphasizes that water intoxication in dogs is rare but real and says if your dog likes the water the way Winter did, 
you should know the warning signs. You want to watch out for any sort of lethargy more than normal. You want to watch out for any drooling, vomiting, diarrhea. Experts say don't be afraid to let your dog enjoy the summer. Just be aware if they're drinking a bit too much. The American Kennel Club has issued a warning. They say if you suspect your dog may have water intoxication, get to a vet immediately. And remember that dog we showed you last week entering the gorilla enclosure at the San Diego Zoo? Initially, they said the dog was a stray, and they nicknamed him Mighty Joe Young. Well, it turns out he's not a stray. It's a family dog whose name is Meatball. And Meatball's owners have picked him up from the San Diego Humane Society, where he was being cared for after that close encounter with the gorilla. Now the socialite charged with killing a police officer who was also her friend as he was showing her his handgun. Now in a new interview, she says she didn't pull the trigger. She says the gun just went off. The socialite who killed the superintendent of police in Belize last year is speaking out. It was a loud bang. Then my ears were ringing. I just... I was in shock. Jasmine Harton tells Piers Morgan on Fox Nation that it was a tragic accident. I don't ever remember touching the trigger of the weapon, but I was holding it when it went off. The 33-year-old blonde says that police official Henry Jemmett was encouraging her to get a gun for personal protection and was showing her how to use the weapon. He wanted me to pass him the clip, and at that point, the clip was already back into the weapon. So I was struggling to remove the clip from the gun, and that's when the gun went off. Harden insists she was inexperienced with guns, despite video circulating of her shooting a watermelon during target practice. What that video doesn't show you is the 10 times I tried to hit that watermelon and missed. Rumors have swirled that she and Jemmett were having an affair. After it was revealed, they were sharing a bottle of wine, and she gave him a shoulder rub the night he was killed. That's completely false. We were friends. Harden is also denying that she's a party animal. After video showed her dancing in the rafters of a bar in a mini dress, she says her reputation is in tatters due to her bitter custody battle with ex Andrew Ashcroft, who's the son of a British billionaire. Who would benefit from such rumors? Um, obviously, it would benefit in a custody course. It would benefit in many ways if I'm perceived to be this wild cocaine addict party girl. Um, it's just not true. She claims she's being set up and has been left to fend for herself as she awaits trial in the Central American nation. I'm definitely not a murderer, and I am being set up. This is terrifying. Jasmine Hartenzak says he holds no ill will toward her and says he wishes her the best at her trial. Next, the most notorious prison escape in history. Three bank robbers disappeared from Alcatraz prison. 60 years after they escaped from Alcatraz, is this what they look like today? This. Kim Kardashian breaks her silence about that Marilyn Monroe dress. I put the dress on, on the bottom of the carpet. I probably had it on for three minutes, four minutes. Plus, real-life Crocodile Dundee with a frying pan. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. It's been nearly 60 years since three men broke out of supposedly impregnable Alcatraz prison. And today, questions remain. Are those guys still alive? And is this what they'd look like today? Here's Jim Murray. 60 years ago this month, three inmates pulled off the impossible. They broke out of the escape-proof Alcatraz Federal Prison. Now, age-progressed images of the convicted bank robbers released today could crack wide open the puzzling mystery. Did the men survive? And if so, where did they go? And are they still alive? We don't know if, if one or more of these people are alive, so basically you're giving the public three different people to be on the lookout for. Yeah, basically, if anybody sees any of these guys look like, like look just like this, they should be able to call in. I may have found a way out of here. The daring prison break inspired the 1979 Clint Eastwood movie Escape from Alcatraz, which depicts how the escapees made paper mache heads with human hair to trick guards into believing they were sleeping in their cells. It's believed they slipped away on a raft made of raincoats. They were able to, for several months, hide everything they were doing, including making a little workshop on top of the third tier of the uh, cell house and um, manufacturing a raft and life vests and tools and paddles and stuff that they needed to escape. The FBI declared the men most likely drowned in the frigid waters of the San Francisco Bay. But the case was reopened in 2013 after this letter was received. My name is John Angland. I escaped from Alcatraz in June 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. I'm 83 years old and in bad shape. I have cancer. Yes, we all made it that night, but barely. In the letter, he offers to surrender in return for medical treatment. Could this 1975 photo offer further proof that John Anglin and his brother Clarence survived? Ken Winder is the nephew of the two brothers who escaped. He told Inside Edition that this photo mailed to his family shows the brothers living in Brazil as farmers. A side-by-side comparison bears a striking resemblance to the escaped convicts. The nephew wondered if his uncles married and had children in Brazil. We really kind of hope to meet either my aunts or my cousins. Uh, we, we hope to sit down with them and hear some of the stories about my uncles. If they are alive today, John Anglin would be 92. Clarence would be 91. But retired U.S. Marshal Michael Dyke is skeptical. I looked at every single clue that was called in during my uh, time as investigator. I worked on the case for like 16 years. I was able to discount pretty much every clue that was called in. Today, Alcatraz is a top tourist attraction with an estimated 1.4 million visitors every year. When we come back, Kim Kardashian addresses those allegations that she ruined Marilyn Monroe's dress. 
Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution. Personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Kim Kardashian's responding to those allegations that she ruined Marilyn Monroe's dress. Did she or didn't she? We keep seeing stuff like the dress is ruined, the dress is this. All of that is uh, is not mm, true. No. Kim Kardashian breaks her silence about whether she ruined the iconic Marilyn Monroe gown she wore to the Met Gala. There was handlers and gloves that put it on me. Ripley's has said that the yeah. dress wasn't damaged. Yeah. The allegations started when these before and after photos circulated online. It allegedly showed stretched fabric and missing beads. But Kim says she didn't wear the dress long enough to cause that much damage. I showed up to the red carpet in a robe and slippers uh -huh. and I put the dress on on the bottom of the carpet. Oh my gosh. Went up the stairs. I probably had it on for three minutes, four minutes. So, and then I changed right at the top of so the stairs. All of and stop the music. The Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, abruptly end their concert in Indianapolis after just 30 minutes. What was the issue? Lead singer Natalie Maines had an allergy attack. She's now under strict doctor's orders for vocal rest. However, the band told fans to hang on to their tickets. They say they're trying to schedule a makeup show. And when we come back, a new weapon for crocodiles. Finally today, not sure if this is really brave or really stupid. Okay. A terrifying crocodile in Australia has made its way into a backyard. So how do you make the croc go bye-bye? Get him, Tiger. Hit him with a frying pan. Twice. G'day, mate. Well, it worked. See you tomorrow. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.